I'm Lonnie Diane Rich, and this is How Story Works. We talked last time about our basic categories of character, protagonist, antagonist, and supporting. Now it's time to learn how to build those characters. That's where the character triangle comes in. There will be a link to a PDF in the show notes, but the visual of the triangle itself is not that complicated. It's just a triangle with a characteristic category in each vertex, strengths, weaknesses, and vulnerabilities. In the lower left vertex is strengths. These are the qualities in your character that we like and respect. Things like intelligence, wit, kindness, physical strength. Strengths are the things that your character is good at. These are the qualities that this character will rely upon to get her out of the water when it gets hot. In the lower right vertex, we have weaknesses. These are the qualities in your character that are less than perfect. They can be dark characteristics like willful stupidity, selfishness, vanity. They can be harmless or even endearing characteristics like social awkwardness, clumsiness, the inability to tell a good joke. Weaknesses clue us into a character's range of imperfection. Imperfection is part of being human. A perfect character is like Teflon. Nothing sticks to it. Additionally, perfection is not believable, and in order for your character to be accessible at all, she must be believable. Finally, in the top vertex of the character triangle are vulnerabilities. Vulnerabilities are the source of your character's mental and emotional pain. These are the things that hurt your character. Vulnerabilities stem from four basic emotional spaces, fear, identity, love, and shame. Like PGAG and ASPA, you can remember sources of vulnerability as fills, fear, identity, love, shame. When a character is so afraid of other people that she can't leave her home, that's a fear-based vulnerability. When a character loves the office receptionist, but she's already engaged to a guy working in the warehouse, that's a love-based vulnerability. When a character is about to make partner at her law firm, but is suddenly fired and disbarred because of a stupid mistake and can no longer identify with her job, that's an identity-based vulnerability. And when an aspiring actress goes out to her first big Hollywood party and someone makes fun of her hick accent and cheap dress, that's a shame-based vulnerability. One quick note here. The question I get asked most often when talking about the character triangle is the difference between vulnerabilities and weaknesses. It can be confusing. Just remember that a weakness is simply something the character isn't good at, but it's not necessarily a source of shame or a deeper emotional cost. For example, I have a truly dreadful sense of direction. Every now and again, I turn on my phone's GPS and it tells me to head west, and I actively mock it. I'm not proud of it. I've gotten lost inside of a mall while staring at the mall map. But this isn't a big source of shame or pain for me. If someone came up to me and was like, ha ha, you got lost in a mall, I'd laugh right along with them. Now, in a story, that weakness can be narratively valuable. A character with no sense of direction gets lost and it leads to misadventure. But it's not a deep source of pain. It's just a weakness. Now, if a character's identity is tied into being a park ranger and a sense of direction is important to that identity, then the weakness of having no sense of direction could be a vulnerability. Make sense? A weakness is simply something your character isn't good at. A vulnerability is deeply felt and kept hidden. Of these three things, strengths, weaknesses, and vulnerabilities, vulnerability is the most important. 
You can have a long list of both strengths and weaknesses. That's fine. You only need one big vulnerability. Too many different vulnerabilities and your audience won't know what to identify with. And since the best conflicts relate directly to your protagonist's vulnerability, you want to keep that focused and clear. Vulnerability carries the power. By charging one vulnerability strongly, you're going to use it to its best effect. If you want people to connect with your character, and you do, especially your protagonist, you must give her vulnerability. A character without vulnerability is cardboard. She might look good from one angle, but as soon as there's any movement, she's just flat nothing. The thing to remember about characters is this. They're not characters. They're people. You're building a human in that story world of yours. You're building a lot of humans. And in order to do that effectively, in order to make us, your readers, believe in those people, you've got to understand how humans work. Human psychology is a big part of storytelling and reading. Understand people, and you'll understand character. And that's how I ended up with this understanding of the power of vulnerability in character. Some years ago, I watched a TED Talk with Dr. Brene Brown, who spoke of her research with vulnerability and shame. I recommend you watch it, even if you've seen it already. The link is in the show notes. Anyway, in her talk, she said something that really resonated with me. She said that in order for people to connect with each other, they need to allow themselves to be seen. Really seen. That means vulnerability. You cannot connect with another person without seeing their vulnerability. And people cannot connect with you without seeing yours. For instance, let's say we're opening a scene at a class party and in walks a woman with styled hair, flawless nails, a flattering expensive dress, toned body, matching designer shoes and bag. She delivers a package of mouth-watering cupcakes from the most uptown bakery in the area. How do you feel about this woman? Some of you might actively hate her, resenting all her stupid perfection. Most of you probably just don't really care, right? I mean, who cares about some mom at a class party? The perfect woman smiles at the other moms there, none of whom are as flawlessly put together as she, and they smile at her and wave. One of them compliments the cupcakes, and our perfect woman says thank you, then turns to find her son in the classroom. The second she turns her back, one of the other moms says, I guess she's too busy trying to keep her husband out of Sandra Pennebaker's bed to bake anything herself. And we see our perfect woman's face crumple a bit. We see her pain, her humiliation, and her isolation. And we see the cruelty in the other moms as they laugh, believing her to be invulnerable and as such a fair target. Now, how do you feel about this woman? Did you feel a twinge of empathy for her? Someone who seconds ago you either hated or were probably just indifferent to. Now... In one second, in one moment, you're on her side, aren't you? Do you hurt for her? Can you feel that pain? What about the other moms? At first, you were probably on their side with their messy hair and sweatpants and cheap sneakers, their imperfections. But as soon as they exhibited cruelty toward the perfect mom, what happened to your sense of who they are? Who's invulnerable now? That's the power of vulnerability, and it only takes a little to make your reader invest in your character. So in the character triangle, strengths and weaknesses are important. We need things to respect in our characters, strengths, and we need things to make them human, weaknesses. For those type A's out there and you know who you are, you don't need to perfectly and equally balance the triangle. Think of it like cooking. You don't necessarily want the exact same amount of each seasoning. You might want a fair amount of garlic powder, but cayenne pepper, that's powerful. 
You want to go light with that. You balance the seasonings based on what you want out of the dish, but that doesn't mean you put equal amounts of everything in. It's similar with the character triangle. You should have representatives from each of the vertices, but you don't need to match one weakness for every strength, one vulnerability for every weakness. If you're writing a character with more weaknesses than strengths, that gives you an opportunity to arc him to a stronger place in the end, and that's great. If you're writing a character with more strengths than weaknesses and you're going to take her down a notch during the course of the story, make her more human, that can also be great. doesn't matter how you balance it. Balance it to taste depending on what you want from your character. Just be sure you have representatives from each vertex of the triangle. Now let's take a look at some of the characters from the films we've watched for the structure discussion and see how they work on the character triangle. Let's start with Rapunzel from Tangled. Strengths. She's smart, strong, brave, good artist, kind to animals, loves and respects her mother, has a sense of adventure. Weaknesses. She's a little naive at first and a little timid. Vulnerability. Love. Rapunzel loves with her whole heart and is betrayed. First by her mother and second by Flynn, or at least she believes he has betrayed her. She also loves her real parents and longs for them, even when she doesn't consciously remember them. She paints the sun, the symbol of her parents, all over the walls of her tower. So we've got a very strong character with some weaknesses, although not many. Does her lack of real weakness hurt the character? Maybe a little, but because her strengths are so grounded in a genuine sense of who she is, I think it works out a little for her. It keeps her genuine. It keeps her grounded. Smart, strong, and brave, these are to-the-bone strengths. The weaknesses are to-the-bone as well. She's naive because she hasn't seen the world, and timid because she believes the things that her mother has told her about the world. Imagine if her only weakness was that she was clumsy. That's a thin weakness, a surface thing, and it doesn't speak to who she is as a person. These are things you want to keep in mind when you're building the character triangle. Okay, let's go to Walter from His Girl Friday. Strengths. Smart, good at his job, fun, funny, charming, has a strong understanding of people and how they work. Weaknesses. He's manipulative, he's selfish, he's dishonest and single-minded. Vulnerability. He loves Hildy. One of the interesting things about strengths is that if you push them too far, they can become weaknesses. Here we see that Walter is smart and understands people. Those are strong qualities. But taken too far, they feed his weakness. He's manipulative, selfish, and dishonest. Virtue taken to excess can easily become vice. Let's hang with Walter a moment longer and think about that vulnerability. He loves Hildy, right? Right? Did you feel that vulnerability from him? Did he ever genuinely shed a tear? Did we see a moment from Walter when he wasn't putting on a show to get what he wanted? No. This isn't vulnerability shown, it's vulnerability informed. We are told that he loves her, but we don't see it. You could change not a frame of that movie and be completely justified in seeing Walter as a charismatic sociopath, manipulating everyone around him to get what he wants without ever showing a genuine moment of love or compassion. We fill in that vulnerability a bit, we believe it, because it's Cary Grant and because he's the hero and because he's better than Bruce and because Hildy is as much in love with the job as she is with Walter. Because it's a comedy, because it's 1941, there are a million reasons why we mentally fill in that vulnerability for him. We believe he loves her, but do we feel it? 
I love that movie. I think it's great. I love Cary Grant, and I'm a huge fan of old romantic comedies. But no, I don't feel it from him. If you've ever watched The Philadelphia Story, compare C.K. Dexter Haven to Walter Burns, and you'll see a huge difference. We get true love and vulnerability from Dex that we never get from Walter, and that difference is powerful. Okay, let's do one more triangle. How about Rhiannon from Easy A? Yes, Rhiannon is a supporting character, but as I said, even your supporting characters need to be balanced along the triangle. You may not need their strengths, weaknesses, and vulnerabilities to be super powerful the way that you would in a protagonist or even an antagonist, but they should be there. Let's start with strengths for Rhiannon. I don't count beauty as a strength because it's incredibly surface and doesn't speak to character, but aside from beauty, what does she really have? Anything? I mean, she's funny, I guess. She makes Olive laugh. She's bold and seems to be unafraid of what people think of her, which I could count as a strength. Okay, weaknesses. She's selfish. She's cruel. She's disloyal. She's loud, arrogant, thoughtless, solipsistic, and vapid. All right, so vulnerabilities, fear, identity, love, shame. Do we see anything in her that shows any vulnerability at all? I guess you could say her love for Olive. She's hurt when she hears about Olive and Brandon at the party through someone else. So maybe there's that. But her love is selfish. If she truly loved Olive, her phone call would be about, are you okay, rather than, I heard this through the grapevine. But love is love, and Rhiannon did appear to be hurt, so I guess that counts. Still, this is a bad character. Almost entirely weakness, almost no strengths, and vulnerability that speaks only back to her weaknesses her selfishness, and narcissism. Think about how you felt about Rhiannon while watching the movie. You might have been amused by her, but did you care about her? Were you engaged by the character? Some of you might have been, and that's okay. Sometimes particular strengths or particular weaknesses can be appealing, even without vulnerability. But that character, as she was written, would never be able to hold up an entire story on her own, not without serious revision. And even as a supporting character, she's pretty weak, because the character triangle is not balanced enough with her. All right, that's it for today. If you have questions about how story works, call 302-643-CHIP. That's 302-643-2447 and leave a message. Or you can email me at Lonnie at Chipperish.com or contact me on Twitter at Lonnie Diane Rich or at Chipperish with the hashtag HowStoryWorks. How Story Works is a free college-level course in narrative theory and is entirely supported by listener donations. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help keep it in production and gain access to exclusive chipperish content and a community of smart people who love stories. Visit patreon.com chipperish for more information. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. Hey.